Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, who had one week? Who had one week? You over there, what's your name? Dave. Dave had one week. Everyone, give Dave a round of applause. There's nobody there. It's me talking to nobody. But fans have only just returned to the WWE universe. And then we had a brand new episode of Monday Night Raw. And I was like, oh man, what are they going to do? I'm sure they have lots of creative ideas. And well, at the end of three hours, they didn't really have many creative ideas. But that doesn't mean it was all bad. And the only way we can find out is by joining me, Simon Miller, here on What Culture Wrestling, where we take the finger of power and we give the good bits an up and we give the bad bits down for what was a very uneven episode of Monday Night Raw. Oh, Groundhog Day. Let's up those towns. Ash was the first person out to start Raw and she told us she was so happy because finally she could be the person to cut the overly long promo at the start of this Monday show. I'm kidding, she didn't say that, but she was very happy that she was the person that got to say, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Because you know, when you're a superhero, what else would you want to do? She is, of course, the brand new women's champion. And I tell you what, I really dig the idea behind this character. Because she was all like, man, I used to be terrified of failing. But then I put on this costume and realized it's okay to fail. Sometimes we need to fail. And within failure comes success. And given that this character and costume, whatever, is aimed at kids, hopefully a child will see that and go, oh man, I can do whatever I want. And there's nothing wrong with that. This loving was always going to be interrupted because it was Monday Night Raw. Basically, the way you write this show is we have tent poles that we do every seven days and you just fit people around that. So this week, out came Charlotte Flair. She said that Nikki Ash was a crap world champion and how the hell are you going to go on a show like Al Roker's dressed like that? And I was like, man, queen, I'm glad you addressed this because I know when someone does become a brand new champion in WW, I'm like, how the hell is that person going to go on a chat show? I don't believe it. She, of course, blames all this on Rhea Ripley and then said to Nikki Ash, Nikki Cross, whatever the hell we're calling her, I want a rematch at SummerSlam. And that surprised me because I was like, Charlotte, you're on Raw, the home of rematches. I'm pretty sure if you just ask for it here, somebody will waddle out and give it to you. Before long, Rhea Ripley was out here too. It's just like ping pong with wrestlers going ding, 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 ding. And eventually they just wind up by ringside. And then Charlotte was saying, give me a rematch. Ripley was saying, give me a rematch. And Nikki Cross was like, oh man, look at my gear. Isn't it swell? The sentiment was okay, but this was way too long. It got longer as well because out came Sonya Deville and out came Adam Pearce. They're like, oh man, this situation is getting real stressful. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go holla bali and we're going to make a triple threat match at SummerSlam. Charlotte Flair versus Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley because who needs a story? They all brawled with Nikki getting the upper hand and this was so much like what we've done over the last 20 years. I almost forgot fans were back. 
that's how repetitive and dull it seemed. It gets a little bit worse towards the end as well. Just don't get it down. We then saw Damian Priest saying that Sheamus doesn't deserve to be the US champion because he is a massive goof. I was like, yeah, okay, you make a good point. But also, I love the Irishman. Why don't you two have a fight? And they had a fight. They just kicked the crap out of each other as well, to be honest with you, which I always enjoy. And at one point, Damo was going to do a dive and Sheamus was like, ah, but Priest was joking. Although, it didn't work out very well for him because Sheamus just grabbed him, slammed him on the apron. Damien fired back with his choke slam from the top rope, which was really cool. And after some very good near falls, Damien Priest hit the hit the lights and he pinned the US champion. So now he can lay claim to having a US championship match. So we had a clean finish and there were no shenanigans. This was absolutely fine. Please give me more of this. Up. And then WWE did kind of give me more of this because it was AJ Styles and Omos taking on the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team titles. Once again, up. Now we do need to talk about the fact that AJ Styles is a man in his 40s that does 450 splashes like he's popping to the shops to pick up some bread. It doesn't make sense. He does it so effortlessly. We need to praise the phenomenal one more. It almost went very badly for him though, because almost instantly as the bell went, he got hit by the Viking experience. And if it wasn't for Omos being really, really tall and really, really big and breaking this up, who the hell knows what would have happened? It did go as you'd expect too, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Essentially, Omos did get in there. He threw everybody around because he is so huge and eventually hit a tree slam. AJ Styles then hit that 450. These guys are still your tag team champions. Put your hands up if you really like them. And stays up. I do hope there's plans for Eric and Ivar because they are really good and the tag team scene needs as many bodies as it can possibly have. And again, just AJ Styles and Omos. You've got power and you've got flippy dippy doodah. You've got veteran, you've got rookie. He just ticks all the boxes. What on earth are we doing with Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal? Because you have a built-in story here given that they both used to be in 3MB. They both got fired and they both came back to be the WWE champion. But WWE is going out of their way to ignore that and come up with a bunch of gibberish. And I do not get it. Drew McIntyre was out for a match before he got interrupted by Jinder Mahal. And Jinder was all like, look, Drew, I didn't like the fact you ignored my messages. I didn't like the fact that you broke my bicycle. So unless you say sorry right now, I'm going to sue you. And I was like, Jinder, any lawyer would tell you you can't sue him. Because even though he beat you up, you beat him up at Money in the Bank. And even though he broke your bike, you broke his sword. Any judge worth their salt is going to throw this out. This was the point when I realized all the stuff we are ignoring. And we're focusing on the fact that somebody did tip a bicycle over. And the point of all of this is that we were building to Drew McIntyre versus Veer. <laughs> and it ended <laughs> not only in a disqualification, but a really, really weird, confusing one. Because Jinder was freaking out that Veer was going to lose. So he threw a chair in the ring. Veer then picked the chair up. So Drew McIntyre claimed kicked him in the face and nobody knew who had been DQ'd. Some people were saying that Drew had been DQ'd because of course he forcefully pushed a weapon into somebody else's face. But other people were saying, oh no, it was Veer because he brought a chair in there to begin with. And I was like, man, I don't know what's going on and I'm a flipping wrestling nerd. There was a lawyer out here, so Drew McIntyre did give him the claymore. So now that guy has a real reason to take Drew to court. And it just seems like we're going round the houses when a story is staring us right in the face. So it is getting it down. Also bring back the DQ board. It rolls up to a ridiculous 41. Even Marie and the drop were then taking on Natalia and Tamina. What's that? Hey, oh yes, nobody's Mina. And I was like, why the hell would Eva Marie and the drop even have a chance to take on the tag team champions and then almost become tag team champions themselves? I mean, they haven't got that many wins. The only answer I had was 
WWE. It of course ended with absolute gubbins as well, because halfway through, a video started to air on the big screen that was Alexa Bliss's Lily, you know, the toy doll that's not real, pretending to do the vignettes that Eva Marie was doing before she came back to WWE. And this shocked Eva Marie so much, she got super kicked by Tamina, and they lost. I don't think this went more than three minutes, and I just do not understand Lily at all, but as always, more power to you if you really get a kick out of this. But more importantly, bring down the distraction counter, which rolls up to 82 down. This got worse as well because sadly it wasn't given any time, so Tamina didn't have the opportunity to be meaner than she had been the last time we saw her. So when we look at the Was Tamina Mina board, the answer is a no. Always makes me very upset. More importantly than all of that though, it did seem like Natalia got a legit injury here. She did something to her leg and she tagged out and she was limping on the outside. So forget all the other flubbins. I hope she's okay. I hope she's able to get back on her feet, both figurative and literally as soon as she can. You never want to see that. Do not forget the human behind the persona. Raw then continued to confuse me. It's like when I try and do maths. Let's go. Now I get it. Jeff Hardy had to be taken off Raw because he had some situation with COVID. So it's the right thing to do. And this meant that WWE had to pivot because you bet your ass it was going to be Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy round two. So they needed a brand new match for the NXT champion. And they chose Keith Lee. Why they even have beef, I don't know. But straight away, I was like, well, this kind of feels like a lose-lose. Because you don't want Karrion Cross to be defeated again for obvious reasons. But also, Keith Lee has only just returned to Raw. He has superstar bones in his body. So he just lost to Bobby Lashley. He probably should be getting a win. So what the hell do we do? Because if you did treat both of these guys as stars and have them get a win here and have them get a win there, and then maybe build it up so they clash at SummerSlam before somebody gets a really significant win, I think that would be something that fans would get involved in. And it would be something fans could go, oh my gosh, maybe we have something with these people. I better tune in every week. So instead, of course, it randomly happened on Raw and Keith Lee lost. That's not the end of the world, of course. I'm not sat here going, oh, I can't believe it, we're all going to die. I just kind of feel like WWE didn't have to book this at all and they could have gone in a completely different direction. And look, it was a nice clean finish, which I always do appreciate. Keith Lee passed out when he was in the cross jacket. But again, you didn't have to do this. And that's, of course, backstage where somebody barged in with a gun. They're like, if you don't do carry a cross versus Keith Lee, everybody's going down. But let's face it, that didn't happen. And yes, look, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. But now these two kind of just feel like they're just more faces on the roster as opposed to two new fresh faces that we can get excited about. So when I had a chat with the finger of power, you got to give it a doubt. Nikki Ash was then back and she cut the exact same promo that she did earlier. We really have to stop doing that on Raw because it's the law of diminishing returns, especially when there was a bunch of wrestlers we didn't even see on this episode of Raw. By the end, Rhea Ripley came up and said, oh man, I hope you give Charlotte Flair hell. And I like to think she meant it literally, like she's gonna go out there and be like, oh, here's some demons and some fire. That would be pretty good. I do like everything between Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Not gonna lie, as long as Mustafa Ali gets on TV, it usually makes me pleased. They were taking on T-Bar and Mace though, who cut another one of these weird promos where they just named animals for a few minutes. And fair play to WWE, because it was Mace and T-Bar and it was Mustafa Ali. They actually said, hi, do you remember Retribution? And everybody in the dog went, we did. 
but we didn't want to. Still though, the big guys destroyed these fools for a while. All four worked really hard before Mansour busted out the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and he got the shocked victory. And even Ali was shocked here. He was like, well, I don't know how that happened. And even though Mansour was like, hey, buddy, buddy, we can do it. Mustafa was like, everyone just calm down. Let's wait and see. And I hope we do wait and see. I hope we give this more than three weeks. I really got into this. It was just a bit of good wrestling. Which of course means I look forward to getting to next week and doing 50-50 booking when Ali and Mansoor lose. Bobby Lashley was then here and he has been so good recently that I actually went, oh man, I'm happy to see Bob and Umvup. So I'm giving them up. MVP and Bob were referencing everything that had gone on last week with Goldberg and said we're not even going to dignify what he did with the response because we think he's a bald moron. And then of all the people... Out came Cedric Alexander. He was soon joined by Shelton Benjamin, and I felt like I'd accidentally fallen into a time machine because Cedric and Shelton were all of a sudden like, man, I can't believe I got cooked out of the hurt business. Absolutely sucks. I'm like, I think that happened seven years ago. So I can only assume they've just been sat in the back the whole time going, oh, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. And of course, this then built to a two-on-one match where Bobby Lashley almost literally killed these two poor people. I mean, by the end of it, he stacked them on top of each other and pinned them simultaneously. And I was like, Bobby Lashley, what have you done? Roman Reigns is going to turn up on Raw now, and as ever, he's going to have the harpoon gun, and he's going to shoot you through the eye. Lashley also hit the jackhammer here, so he definitely has been wound up by Billy Boy Blue. And I will say this, why I feel very bad for Shelton and Cedric, if we are actually heading towards a SummerSlam pay-per-view, where Bobby Lashley destroys Goldberg in the same way that he's been destroying everybody else, meaning when somebody new and fresh beats Bobby Lashley and gets all this goodness onto their face and body, then I actually think all of this is pretty damn good. And WWE, if you can believe it, looking long term. It'll probably turn out to be wrong, but at the moment I can hope and dream. Although we cannot ignore the fact that Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander got kicked out of the Hurt Business and have done absolutely nothing. I mean, the very least, you could have had them as a good tag team. So that is getting it down. We saw AJ Styles and Omos talking to The Miz and John Morrison after this, which was very handy because it was then John Morrison versus Riddle. And while WWE is obsessed with doing this match week in, week out, they just work so well together, so up. Miz was using his dripstick again because he's absolutely obsessed with it. And we did take this one step too far because much as we had done seven days ago, Riddle kicked the Miz in the face at one point and he fell over and was doing the whole turtle thing and Riddle was doing the turtle thing. And it's still amusing, but it was also amusing last week just tell the joke once and then, I don't know, come up with another joke. As it turned out, this was Groundhog Day threatening to rear its head again because this match ended in distraction. Because after a little bit, Styles and Omos did come out and apparently what they had been discussing backstage was, hey, how about we come down to ringside and Omos grabs Riddle's scooter and snaps it in two which is what he did. And poor Riddle, this was like his child had been broken in half. He was so distracted, he totally forgot he was in a wrestling match. That meant John Morrison hit Starship Payne. That meant John Morrison got the one, two, three. And it's almost like Riddle needs a friend or a partner, which when he comes back, will be Randy Orton. AJ jumped in afterwards and gave Riddle the Stars Clash. And I'm okay with all of this because again, I know where it's going and it's a place I want to go. We'll get to SummerSlam. It will be AJ Styles and Omos taking on RK-Bro. RK-Bro should become the new tag team champions. Then, I don't know, October, November, December, January, February, whatever you want to do it. Randy turns on Riddle and we do it at WrestleMania. And then all of our dreams will have come true. 
Very sadly though, bring down the distraction board, it goes up to 83. I cannot believe I'm going to say this either, but then it was then time for the 24-7 title, and I was sports entertained. And I know, I know I'm a bad person and somebody needs to come in my house and smack me right in the face, but it was all thanks to Reginald. It doesn't mean I don't think the 24-7 title has jumped the shark and we should get rid of it, but he was taking on our truth here, and he was flipping, and he was flopping, and he was spinning, and he was tilting, and it was so damn impressive to watch, I couldn't help it, I was having a great time. Truth was also mic'd up for some reason during this, and that man is always wonderful, and of course ended with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment when all the 24-7 geeks came out to try and beat up Reg, but again, it was just moving his ass like nobody's business, and I was like, you can definitely give this to me every single week, and I'm gonna love it. He's basically defying the laws of gravity by the end of it, and while I do think we should separate this from the 24-7 championship, if this is the man's strengths, why don't we come up with some ideas to play to it? Because again, he's actually pretty damn good. It was then time for our main event, and it was Charlotte Flair versus Nikki Cross slash Ash. Let's just talk about it. Because the whole point of this is that Charlotte isn't really taking Nikki Ash seriously because she comes out here dressed like a superhero. So throughout all of this, she was beating her up and she was shouting at her and she was basically spitting in her face. Okay, cool, I get it. Charlotte Flair does this. Nikki probably busts out the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and she wins. That will be fine. She's a champion. She's a baby face. She's a good guy. Fine. Instead, after Nikki had gone from her flying cross body that had defeated the queen last week, Charlotte rolled through and she pinned her for the one, two, three. She then got on the microphone and vocally eviscerated this poor person. I was like, oh man, we have a Rey Mysterio situation on our heads. Nikki also had to say, I showed myself I could have won, which is one of the worst lines you can give anybody for obvious reasons. And just to take her face and rub it in the mud, Charlotte then continued to whip her ass and even dragged her over to a fan sign. This poor kid was like, you like Nikki Cross? What an absolute idiot you are. So instantly it was like, sure, Nikki Ash has the title, but she does not feel like the champion. And this really was the last thing we should have done, especially because Nikki Cross then went, well, I'll prove that I can beat you next week. Let's do a rematch. I'm like, no, not a rematch, please. <laughs> no more rematches. I got down on my knees. I was like, ah, Darth Vader. Don't know why I said Darth Vader. I just fancied it. Point is, down. This brought us to the end of Raw. And look, it wasn't a terrible episode, but it was actually worse than those terrible episodes. Because at least when we do the train wrecks, we can laugh about it. This just felt like we had totally forgotten the fans were back in the building and we went back to all the generic stuff we've done time and time again. It's a bit like when you upset your parents and they go, oh, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. You're like, oh, man, I disappointed my mum and dad. I'm a terrible person. That's how I felt. So very annoyingly, overall, we're all going to get it down. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.